Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Pour your spirit out. Oh, we're hungry for you. We're hungry for a powerful move of your spirit. We don't want the flesh. We don't want the move of man. We want the move of God. We're hungry for you. We're hungry for you. We're declaring who you are tonight in this place. We're declaring that you're bigger, that you're greater than anything that has come against us, that has come against this house, that has come against this vision, that has come against these people. Spirit of God, you're stronger. Spirit of God, you're greater. You're mightier. You're more wonderful. You're more glorious. You're the answer to every question. You're the solution. Hmm. You are our redeemer. You're working all things together for our good. We don't need to know how. We just need to know you because you are the how. You are the what. You are the why. You are the when. You will do it. And so we say, come, 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 come. We need a fresh wind. We're tired of the old wind. Every prophetic word that's ever declared over this house, we pull on right now from heaven. We make a demand that those words have not died and gone into the grave. This vision is not done. It is just starting. The best is yet to come. The days of the outpouring of your spirit and your glory are going to be greater than they were in the beginning. That's always what you have said about this place, Lord. We get out of the way. We step down. We humble ourselves. We repent and we prophesy to this place. We prophesy to the people. We speak. We say life, 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 life. Zoe, the God kind of life, come, the everlasting one, everlasting one, great and mighty God, great and mighty God, great and mighty God. Lord, just cause us, arrest us in our tracks, in our daily pursuits, Lord, that what we're looking at, that what we're setting our hands to, if it's not something you've called us to do, let's compel us to drop it immediately. Lord, reorder the structure of our day, the time that we spend, Lord. Find us pursuing you at every waking moment, every breath, every second. Totally transfixed on you and on heaven and on your glory and on your power and on your might. For the earth is yours. Let your glory fill the earth. Let the whole earth be filled with your glory. Start in our bodies, in these earthen vessels, in these jars of clay, in these clay pots. Let your glory fill us to the overflowing and bubble out in a way that is infectious, that is contagious. Lord, we lay aside cosmetic Christianity. We walk away from a life of convenience and comfort. We say we give up our lives. You said whoever loses their life will gain it, and we want to lose our life. We say no to the things of the flesh. We say no to our agendas, our goals, our dreams. We lay them all at your feet tonight. Is there anyone that's hungry enough to tarry? Is there anyone that's hungry enough to stick it out in prayer? Is there anyone who's desiring the Lord more than anything else? Lord, forgive us. We want to set our hand to the plow and not look back. We want to set our face like flint 
towards heaven with steely resolve, an unwavering commitment to fulfill your purpose in the earth today so that you can come quickly, Lord Jesus, that you can come in glory and power. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask you a favor. If you're here, if you heard that song, I want you to, whatever you need to do, put it in your phone, write it down, put it on repeat, listen to it over and over and over and over again so that when you come, you are so full of the prophetic utterance and the call on heaven that this song has to offer so that when we come and worship together Sunday morning, there's an explosion. I want you to get on your social media and share this song and say, this is what God is going to do here. This is what God wants to do here. Tell your friends, tell everyone in the church, what would happen if we focused with just laser-like commitment on something as simple as pour your spirit out. Just pour your spirit out. We repent. We ask your forgiveness, Lord. We need, how many of you believe we need a fresh move? You would know it if the wind of the Spirit was really blowing through. I'm not talking about little individual pops here and there in people's praise reports. I'm talking about an overwhelming manifest presence of the Spirit of God that we all know. When you walk in the door, you're swimming in it. And you don't ever want to leave. And you feel dirty when you go out into the world, when you're into the, you're into the, the stores and, it, and everything else feels pro profane compared to the manifest presence of God. Do you believe we need that? Are you desperate enough to seek him for it? Tell everybody about this song. Get it on repeat. Put it on your headphones as you go to sleep. And let's watch what happens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just so... Uh, full of passion about this, as you can tell. So thank you for hearing my heart. You know, we, we are, in this day and age, we're so preoccupied. We're so busy. There's so much going on in our lives. And we, get, we take up the cares of this world, and it comes and steals the seed of the Word of God, and it steals our time with Him. And it's, I'm sure some of you can relate, but if you're wired like me, I'm a deep processor. I'm an analytical thinker. And I, I just get overwhelmed and there's times where I'm like, Lord, there's so much to do. I don't know what to do, so I kind of don't do anything. Do you ever find yourself in that spot? You're just like, what's the use? And it's like that with prayer sometimes. And I think if you've, you're in the church a long time, if you're in this church a long time, if you're in the charismatic movement, you get so full of great information and teaching and uh, you're just filled to the brim with, with options. And you're like, what, what am I supposed to pray about? You know, and you're keeping track of people's prayer requests, and that's good. But bef before you know it, there's just no fresh unction. There's no fresh anointing. There's, there's nothing fresh on anything you're doing. And it stops being spirit-led. It just becomes a checklist. And so as, uh, for whatever reason, I became inspired recently to, to teach on this, I, I started grasping. The more I dive into this, the, the greater 
there it is here. But what's beautiful is just a simple model prayer. The Lord's Prayer is just a simple model, model prayer. Now, I want to tell you a couple things. Um, I was reading something recently about that issue with being overwhelmed and having a big to-do list. And how many of you sometimes procrastinate? I know it's a sin. Please forgive me, but I, I, I procrastinate. I have to repent. Lord, I procrastinated. I need to do that. And this article said, if you'll pick one thing, you got to trick yourself. He said, I will do that one thing for five minutes. That's all. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do that one thing for five minutes. If you will set your hand to that one thing for five minutes, most people found that they did it for more than five minutes. So it doesn't matter if you have an hour-long task. If your basement, you think it's going to take three weeks to clean that out. I will go down there for five minutes. You might get down there an hour, and then what happened? So it's like that with prayer. If you take this model prayer and, and set aside everything else and say, I'm going to shut my room, I'm going to shut everything off, all the distractions, and God, I'm going to give you five minutes, you'll get a lot done. And God will probably call you to stay there a little bit longer, right? And if you think uh, five minutes, that's just kind of an easy benchmark. If you take every area of this prayer and say, well, I'll give each element five minutes. Well, then you're five times how many of the elements you've... Does that make sense? Does that help you? So this is an outline um, that you can put that on screen just so they have it for reference while I'm doing the, the prep stuff. So over there is the outline. Now, I thought this was cool. I thought this was really cool. Many of you that have been around for a while know that when I was in college, I think I was a freshman or, or sophomore, late 80s, early 90s, Dr. Larry Lee kind of came out with this praying through the Lord. And it really revolutionized a lot uh, of, of kind of how to take this. So I'm not saying this is a real original idea for me to, to outline it. So he did that. And y'all remember Melva, who was here, precious warrior for Israel and, and prayer woman of prayer, she, she took kind of the similar thoughts and made a children's book, which is awesome for kids to pray. And then, so this is really wild. So I don't know how, when it was when I was like, Lord, I'm just going to teach on prayer. Because I realized that for me to come up with the one-off Wednesday night sermon, sometimes I was struggling, but I thought, well, I can teach in a series, and I don't have to teach something that everyone's going to be like, oh no, we need to hear the next one next week. So whenever I come, and that's, that works with my teaching style better. So just giving you a background there. So I had that on my heart. I came up with this outline. Then lo and behold, I was looking through notes I had from Pastor Walt's teachings. And this will blow your mind because I did not look at his outline or consult it. But what must have happened years ago when he did this, he taught this outline like on a Wednesday night, I think he just taught it in one sermon. He didn't do a whole series because I only found his notes for that night. He did an outline on the Lord's Prayer and every single one of his points were P's, just like this. And I thought, just everything that he did so penetrated and stuck with me and inspired me to, to teach or to want to understand things in a similar way. And so... If you look at this outline, 
I was just so blessed. Now, some of our P's are a little different. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong or right about either of them. They're just perspectives of how you could look at this and kind of unpack it. So are you still tracking with me? So this is, this is the Lord's Prayer. And last time I spoke, I talked about how it's really not the Lord's Prayer. That name is just stuck, but it's our prayer. It's for us. He taught us how to pray, and he wants you to pray this prayer. And so it's, it's the model prayer for us. So the name of the series is Our Prayer. So Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and it's, it's up there. It's kind of teeny tiny. But when I put this stuff on the website, I'll add these things too so you can look at them and, and download them after the fact. So he said, this then is how you should pray our Father in heaven. And I, my P is perspective. This just tells, this gives us the total perspective of who we really are and who God is and, and how we relate there. It just is like a global, a GPS, a global positioning point of, okay, Father in heaven. Doesn't that just set it? Doesn't that just set the tone? And it's very powerful. How would be your name? And if we get to it tonight with the time I have left, I want to talk about the names of the Lord and the name of Jesus. But this for me was, this is, this is the power. This is the releasing of the power. The power in the names, and you could call them attributes, but I call them natures of the Lord. And there's so much in that when we get a revelation of who he is in an area and we begin to declare that, we give, we release that attribute into our reality. Does that make sense? And so it's good to not be ignorant of who God is and all his manifold names because when you get a revelation of them and you begin to pray them out, then that reality becomes more prevalent in your life. Understand that? So pow there's power in that name. And then I've put this one statement together because it's kind of really one idea. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is our position and our priority. And it says that the kingdom, that we have kingdom authority and that this prayer and everything we pray is mission critical. And I'm not saying that our personal needs aren't important, but we have to put those in the context of what it does for the mission and the missional velocity of the gospel. Because you're not saved just for you to be you. You're saved to expand the kingdom. Amen? Are you hearing me? So it's important to get that, that perspective Right. So uh, it's our position on earth to release the Father's will as it is in heaven. So kingdom authority, it's mission critical. And then verse 11, give us today our daily bread. This is provision. I think Pastor Walt said provision there too. But this, to, this so clearly when you study Jesus throughout the Gospels and then you cross-reference with Paul's teachings on prayer, this is not a slice of wonder bread. This isn't a meal. Because we know he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes, right? The Spirit of God, every word that comes. This is the word of God. And so we need a daily prophetic word. Listen to me now. That's why when you dig up an old teaching and, or, or an old outline and just try to live off that, that's yesterday's word. You need a fresh word. You need to hear what God's saying to you today so that you can pray that word out. Are you hearing me? Because today's different than yesterday. So it's going to be fresh, and as you're sensitive to the Spirit, our daily bread, that's provision. How many of you knew our, our life has to be fueled by the Word of God daily, and that's going to provide everything we need 
My refrigerator just conked out. You know what? I'm not worried one iota about that thing getting fixed or getting paid for. Because God's word is my source of, of provision, and I have a prophetic word to, to pray out my reality. I know that thing, will, the, the fridge will get taken care of. That's a no-brainer. So why would I worry about that stuff? It's not the stuff of life. Jesus is the bread of life. So that's provision. And then 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I say this is prosperity because think about it. What does the enemy want to steal, kill, and destroy? Our unity, our oneness with our fellow brothers and sisters. This is the body of Christ. We're powerful as one. So what happens when you're in unforgiveness towards somebody? What happens when disunity, with strife, division, uh, all these things come in. James says that's the manifest presence of the devil, basically. We're, what, what does he say? We're envy, self-seeking. Every evil work is there. So this is why constantly being on my knees and repenting and saying, God, purify my heart, cleanse me, forgive me of my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I receive what you've done for me. But I also offer it to my brothers and sisters so that there's no long-term accounts. There's no bitter roots that can spring up. Are you hearing me? So this, you're truly walking in prosperity when you're walking in love and total forgiveness. It doesn't mean you won't be tempted to be bothered by some things. It doesn't mean we don't have issues with our feet of clay and our personalities. It just means that I choose to walk in a forgiven state. If I know of anything, just let it go. A lot of times you don't need to talk to anyone. They don't even know what bothered you in the first place. I've had some interesting experiences where someone approached me. I was like, I, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to clear it before God, you know. I mean, if it's a major thing, then yeah, you got to do some, some, some biblical uh, restitution and reconciliation there. Is that making sense to you? And do you know people are sick with cancer and all kinds of disease in their body because they never... Um, allowed forgiveness. They didn't realize it, but they let, they let that unforgiveness kind of seed and sit. And so that's, that's physical sickness. Okay, and, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's so important for the preservation and the purity of the message and the gospel uh, to keep on the path, to keep the main thing the main thing, recognizing that the enemy is coming to just give us distractions, and try to divert us. Okay, so I think our biggest temptation isn't that second slice of cheesecake, even though that might be one. <laughs> it's the enemy just saying, come over here, just get off track, just one degree. Just add a little bit of your own to that doctrine, right? Just get so immersed in this camp that you ignore the whole counsel of God. That's what, that's what we need to pray would we say, lead us not into temptation? Lord, keep us from that. Deliver us from the evil. What does the evil one do? He comes and twists the word of God. He tempted Jesus by saying, hey, here's what the Bible says, but it was out of context. I know a lot of Christians that have the Bible out of context, and it's, it's taken us off course, okay? Amen. Still with me? So the prayer isn't really the Lord's Prayer. I said that. It's, it's the prayer from the body of Christ. You can take the split screen down. Good. 
There's so much in this. I was talking earlier about how deep it is, even if you just spend five minutes, you can go. It's really how we can do what Paul said, and that's pray without ceasing. Do you ever like, how do I pray without ceasing? Well, if you really get a hold of this outline and the depths of it, you'll never lack for anything to pray. And there'll always be something that can come out of your heart when you're praying. Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the what? Pray in the what? Spirit. Good. And when? All occasions with what kinds of prayers? All kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That's a lot of alls, isn't it? So some people would be like, well, you know, the Lord's Prayer, there's nothing in there about praying in the Spirit. There's nothing in there about praying in tongues. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit as he was on earth. Um, and the Spirit for us hadn't been released in its fullness. Understand that the day of Pentecost hadn't, hadn't come, but that was him coming back. The fullness of the Spirit was, okay, here's Jesus in man, in flesh, to do the redemptive, reconciling work at the cross. Then Pentecost is him coming and inhabiting the body of Christ. Now we're filled with the Spirit. What is the marking of being filled with the Spirit? Absolutely. What was the first thing that happened the day everyone got filled with the Holy Ghost? They prayed in other tongues. Okay? So this is, this. I'm going to talk about this just a little bit, even though it's not part of this. So I think when, when, when he, Paul says this in Ephesians 6, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, I think every kind of prayer is represented in this model prayer. And when you start connecting the dots to how he, how Paul wrote his prayers in, in the letters to the church, you can start seeing that. And I shared last time how uh, the Gospels were oral tradition, even though they were written later than the epistles. There was overlap, and this prayer would have been taught to all the believers. So Paul would have known this. And he spent so much intimate time with Jesus. We, we know that, right? So it's not as though he was ignorant of this. He didn't rewrite the outline, but I believe the things that he wrote were confirming of what the Lord said. This is how we should pray as the body. So, I just want to say very simply, if you're not praying in the Spirit, you're not really praying because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So, every pray, prayer you pray should be in the Spirit. Uh, heaven's reality, bringing uh, the kingdom of heaven unto the earth, is a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. If we could do it in the natural, we wouldn't need the spirit. So a little bit about tongues. Can I talk to you about tongues? No one gets weirded out by that, right? It should be a normative experience for the, for the New Testament believer. And if you're not, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing, that's, a, that's something that you need to release. Now, when you said yes to Jesus, yes, the Spirit of God filled you and you were translated from darkness to light and you're a new creation. However, some people are ignorant of what the Word says about the fullness of the Spirit, which is something you need to receive. So if you haven't received that, we've got some people tonight that can lay hands on you and talk you through that, and you can start praying in other language, the language of heaven, tongues. All right? 
So Paul's secret weapon, and it should be ours, was praying in tongues. It's where mysteries beyond what our mind is privy to get released in the spirit realm. So don't just stay with this outline. Make sure praying in tongues is interlaced. Paul, I'm not going to go to these scriptures, but trust me, they're there. A lot of you know they're there. Paul bragged about his private tongue praying. Did you know that? He said, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all. And where did that happen? Not in the church, in his prayer life, in his prayer closet. So I would assume every other prayer he wrote, and you can see the Pauline prayers in Colossians and Ephesians and a few other places, you got to know that those were infused behind the scenes with praying in other tongues. Now, when you write a letter to the churches, you don't write Toshikabara Sirianda, and then you write the interpreter. You just don't do that. It doesn't make sense, does it? But you have to read between the lines and dig in there and realize that he was a, a tongue-praying, spirit-filled person. And look at what happened through him. Do you want to see more of the expansion of the kingdom into your life? Pray in the spirit. Pray in other tongues. I kind of said this. Jesus didn't pray in tongues because he was still on earth filled with the spirit. We didn't, we didn't need that yet. So here's the thing. We're to pray in tongues and in our native earth language. Not either or, but both and. Everyone understand that. I'm attempting to, to get my trombone chops back for a trip, a missions trip. I'm taking pray, trusting God, believing God to, uh, to Sweden in October. And one of the things you have to do when you practice a brass instrument is several different things. You have to practice like tonguing and scales but you need FaceTime on the instrument. You guys know who play stringed instruments. If you don't play your guitar, what happens? Your calluses go away, and then it's painful. So same thing, it's a muscle. But I was reading this article. The thing that I do not like to do when I practice is play long tones. It's boring. I want to play licks, ideas. I want to play worship songs. I want to do jazz. But to sit there and play long tones, you're like... It's very boring. But if you're not playing long tones, what happens? You don't have endurance. I can play like a smoking hot trombone player for like five minutes. And then I get on the gig, and if it's a three-hour show with all this demanding big band music, I'm shot. So uh, I use that as an illustration to say when you're praying, you need to pray in the Spirit and in English, but don't neglect one or the other. Amen. Understand? Too much praying in the Spirit, and I, I can't explain why this happens, but it, it makes people um, a little ungrounded in the truth of the Word. It's, it can start to become its own uh, experience that God did not intend it to be. So you need a balance of both. Can you, can you hear me on that and say yes? So maybe you're, you're lacking in praying in tongues. I want to encourage you to fire that back up. Maybe you pray in the Spirit all the time. You need to get back to, to when you pray, interpret what you pray. Pray in English. Pray along the lines of this model. Ephesians 3.14. You know what? Don't put that up. I'm not doing that one. <laughs> I want to show, show the new graphic that shows the same outline in a different way. 
Okay, now you can't read all the words there. I'll probably end up finishing with this. But I feel like God's just showing me that this prayer, we, we, we tend to think of uh, linear terms or matriculating through something or starting at one spot and ending. But this prayer is never ending. You can start anywhere and go anywhere and stop when you need to stop. Does that make sense? As I was younger and learning, you know, scriptures and learning to pray and things, and I learned a lot of good things about pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And uh, after a while, I got stumbled because I started thinking if I didn't do it, you know, in a certain way, rote way, I was doing it wrong. But God just wants you to pray. He wants, he wants you to have a dialogue with heaven. And it's a, it's a very worshipful dialogue. So this diagram shows that the, the topics and the lines, they flow and they overlap. So I want to read just an example of, of what that is. It's kind of like when the Father in heaven's kingdom is hallowed, then his name is recognized and his kingdom is released. This all happens as soon as you start in one spot. And his provision is made known and his forgiveness, forgive us our debts, his forgiveness is present. It's there as soon as you come to him, amen? And the onslaught of the enemy is enraged and challenged and fought against. It's spiritual warfare as soon as you say, Father in heaven, yes, you're acknowledging him against anything else. It immediately puts the enemy at bay. Deliverance is released and available against oppression and against temptation. And the king is glorified and worshiped. That should encourage you and excite you. There's times where you're going to feel like, I need to start in one spot and I need to dwell there. And that's fine. The spirit will lead you. When we're aware of our source, our creator, our father, who's the son, who's the Holy Spirit, you know, it's three in one. They have different roles and functions, but you can't separate them. If you get one, you get all of them. When we grasp that, we have a never-ending pursuit of knowing, get this, and being known by him and by his attributes and by his natures and identified by his names. Can you now throw up the um, Tony Evans resource, please? I feel like I need to depart here and then dive into this for a little bit. So I mentioned last time that I thought there was a source where all, the, all these names were listed and where um, you could, he pronounces them for you. So I want to encourage you to go to this source. You can throw that up there as soon as you can figure it out. It's uh, TonyEvans.org, praying and pronouncing the names of God. Right? There we are. Oh, I'm looking back there, and they still have that other thing back there. Sorry about that. So are you on page one? Scroll, scroll, scroll down so they could see the first name. All right, just to give you an example. Has anyone been to this? You have? Good. Press the button. You might need to... Are we getting audio on that? <laughs> All right. One more time. We're not going to hear it. But he pronounces them for you. And I think that's great. Do you think that's great? 
So all these names are here. And so let's just look at this. I've got it, I've got it pulled up on mine too. So the name of God, Jehovah El Emeth, or however he pronounces it, because we didn't hear it. Jehovah El Emeth. Emeth, see? Thank you, Tony. Thank you for that. You can just start when, when you're hallowing the name. Here's one of the names. Lord God of truth. Lord God of truth. I just magnify you as the truth, the bringer of truth. I exalt you, Lord, if there's something that's not integrous in me, reveal it so that your truth flows through me, right? If there's lies being per perpetuated or spread about you behind the scenes, what happens when you declare the Lord God of truth? You think those are going to be unearthed and revealed and broken? Yes. It's powerful. It's powerful. And he, he lists um, a scripture connected to that. You can look at the scripture and see what it says. This is all fuel for your prayer life. Jesus said to his disciples in the garden, hey, can't you guys hang for one hour? And that was Larry Lee's teaching, can you not tarry for one hour? This should give you a week's worth of stuff. You'll never run out of things to pray. I'm going to go back to my notes. You can take that down. So that's a resource. I, I want to equip you. I want to empower you. I just don't want to talk to you about this stuff. And I want to invite you and encourage you to, to practice this. Practice this. So where was I? Thank you, Lord. Might save that for next time. Before we finish, let's see. Hmm. I did want to share this one thing. So we're praying through this prayer, our prayer, the Lord's Prayer. When we pray on earth as it is in heaven, this is a, another topic I won't get deep into, but we talk a lot in charismatic circles about binding and loosing, and I want to I wanna flip the script on that and, and show you just one thing that I think is really important to remember, and it's connected to forgiveness. If you read through those passages where he talks about when, we, when, when two of us are agreed as touching anything, that's, that's after there's reconciliation and unity and forgiveness. You realize that, right? That's not two feuding believers. That's not people stubbornly stuck in their own opinion on something. That's people who have been reconciled. And that's the body saying, we agree to walk in love. Now what happens? Now we're in covenant with heaven. Get this. Now we're in a binding agreement with heaven. So what heaven says and what God's word says is now available for us to live in and walk in. What happens when unforgiveness is there? You don't have no business binding and loosing anything, just to be quite frank with you. So Jesus, the word, is forever settled in heaven. When we're in when we're agreement with him and we're in forgiveness to our, to our brothers and sisters now, what happens? The loosing is what was bound negatively, not what was in covenant or oath, a legal agreement is bounding. 
It's where the worst of who we are has bound, bound someone. That's bondage. There's forms of religion that are bondage, right? It, that word means to wrap up, to constrict in, in one of the negative connotations, okay? So what's beautiful is you pray along these lines in, in forgiveness and you're releasing, then what's, what the co- word of God covenant says should happen on earth will happen. And then what's loose needs to be loosed and freed. There's deliverance there. Again, forgiveness is the key to so much deliverance. I felt like, and I, I'm going to finish now, uh, done teaching from the, from the outline, that someone either watching or you might be watching later or someone in the room. I'll just, I'll just try to s- describe what was kind of impressed on my spirit the best that I can. For whatever reason, you, you have been living vicariously through somebody else. It can either be someone who's with us now or someone who isn't. And you haven't been aware of it, but it's been a great hindrance to what God wants to do. And if you're hearing this, it's starting to resonate a little bit. You're starting to pick up on, okay, I'm I'm not sure if that's me. I would just invite you to, to explore what that means. Because God wants to set you free from that. And it's not wrong to have deep, connected, meaningful relationships. What's wrong is when suddenly there's a disconnection, you don't know how to be who God wants you to be. You don't have your own identity anymore. You've lost your identity because it was so connected to someone else. This happens. This happens with people. Um, This happens with, with things that we have. It can be a pet. It can be a loved one. So I really feel strongly that the Spirit of God wants you to get free from that. So just if that's you, maybe wherever you're at, just put your hand on your heart and just say, Jesus, I want to be who you've made me to be. I want to walk into my destiny with you apart from the way that I've been so dependent, so codependent, and so vicariously living through the gift of someone else or the ability of someone else that I've been so connected to to being nourished and fed by someone else. So Lord, I, I look to you now. I look to you. My identity is in you, Jesus, and my fulfillment is in you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to finish here. Let me just pray. Just stop for one more second. I just want to invite you and encourage you to continue to seek God, press in in prayer, use this uh, as a guide, and uh, check out that song, immerse yourself in that song, and let's see what he will do Sunday. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we thank you for your spirit here. Thank you that your word is truth. Thank you that your word uh, sets us free and that we are free in Christ Jesus. I know, Holy Spirit, you've done a work inside of the hearts of everyone here and everyone who's listened to this message. 
and we don't even know what all is taking place, but I thank you that you've done it. And I give you praise and glory for it. I don't even need to hear about it. I just thank you that you, you perform your word. You send your word, and then you perform it. So we thank you for that tonight. Lord, I just pray that you inspire us tonight, that you just, in our homes and in our families and, and on our beds and tomorrow when we, when we get up and greet you and spend time, that you just pour out your presence, pour out your, your fresh wind of the Spirit of God all over our lives and all over the people of this church. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.